Hi, good afternoon. If you're here today, you're here to learn about the appeals of board decisions in New York. Um, if you can see me but not hear me, see me waving my hands, uh, maybe you're trying to listen through the computer and it's not working, there are dial-in phone numbers in your handout today. Try those. Uh, standing to my right, your left, this is Yusser Hussein, one of the attorneys in our office, and she'll be helping me present this topic today. If you're here today, it's because you're here as part of our overall webinar series on New York workers' compensation law. We do a different topic every month. Uh, today's topic is going to be appeals. Um, if you're new to this, uh, that's okay. Although these do build on each other, they are meant to be cumulative. Uh, next month, we actually come to the conclusion of our curriculum on penalties, and we're going to start over again. Uh, this is a small part of our overall uh, training and outreach that we do for our clients. Uh, of course, we have my handbooks. Uh, Yusra was pointing out to me this morning that this handbook doesn't actually even have a chapter on appeals. <laughs> Maybe the next edition. The next I think you're assigned to writing it now. Uh, so we, we do handbooks. Uh, we also uh, put up articles on our website, which is lois-llc.com. Pretty much a different article every week. Of course, we provide these webinars, which are interactive. These are live. And, of course, we do a newsletter. Um, Today, we're going to do an overview of appeals in New York, everything basically you need to know. This is going to be basics, 101 level discussion of appeals. There was a handout. Um, if you did not get a copy of the handout, please email me. We'll send another copy of the handout to you. Um, and this is a live webinar. This is interactive. We can see your questions pop up as we're um, doing this presentation today. So if you have questions, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. Now, this morning, we already did this. This is the second session. So we've already done this once today, and yes. there were no questions this morning. So either we're excellent or we chose to do this webinar on President's Day. Right. And every normal person has a day off today except for us. So uh, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But please feel free to ask us questions. We'll do our best to answer them today. And with that, I'm going to turn this over to you, sir. Okay. Well, today we're going to be talking about appeals. Um, we're going to discuss whether or not an appeal should be filed to a law judge's decision. Um, does the filing create um, a stay and the tactical reasons for filing an appeal? And of course, how much it costs to file an appeal at the various different levels. Okay. Hopefully you'll be able to ask those questions when your locations or your insureds or your clients are asking you, hey, should we file an appeal or not? Um, I'm going to take the first sort of easy topic that we have, and that's where does the case law come from? And to understand this, we sort of have to understand the system in New York. Well, the workers' compensation court that we practice before 99% of the time, it's not really a court. These are not constitutional judges. They can't throw you in jail. They can't marry you. They can't divorce you. Uh, these workers' compensation judges are appointed to carry out the workers' compensation law in New York. Um, these are courts that can make trial decisions. They can make findings of fact and findings of law, but these aren't really precedential decisions. And in fact, when we talk about the level of authority, uh, the Workers' Compensation Board has very little authority in terms of setting the law. They're really just there to apply the law. Other courts, and particularly the Appellate Division and the Court of Appeals, don't really refer back to uh, decisions of the Workers' Compensation Courts as precedent. So uh, Workers' Compensation Court, uh, when they make a decision, we don't like it. We appeal it to the appellate division. We skip right over New York's lower level court, which is called the Supreme Court. It's a little weird that their lowest level court is called the Supreme Court, but it is. So our appeals go to the appellate division after we uh, leave the board. And then from there, they go to the Court of Appeals, which is New York's highest court. So that's a little bit about where the law comes from. Mm -hmm. And when we're citing case law, we're trying to cite cases from the appellate division and Court of Appeals. We don't spend a lot of our time in our briefs citing decisions of the board because uh, they're not precedential and they're not binding on the board. 
Okay, uh, Yusra will talk about uh, the path of the appeal. So basically when we get the notice of decision and we don't really like the decision, the first level of appeal would be at the board panel level. Um, if we are still unhappy after the board panel issues a decision, we have the option of appealing to the full board or the appellate division or both. And then we can further appeal it to the Court of Appeals um, if there was a dissent in the appellate division uh, decision. Right. Okay, let's talk a little bit about what happens at that basic level of appeal. So the first level of appeal, again, it's you get a notice of decision. You're not very happy with the decision and you want to appeal it. You file um, at the board panel level and you do that by, well, we draft the brief and we attach it to an RB89, which is a two-page cover sheet filled out by your attorney. And on that two-page cover sheet, we have to include the reason why we're appealing um, and we have to CC all the necessary parties. Every party on the case has to be CC'd. And then after filling out that RB89, we attach it to the brief and then we submit it to the board. Right. And, you know, one thing that we focus on here is that the RB89 has got to be basically perfect. Right. This is something that, you know, the paralegals generally do the rough draft of and the attorneys check. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen uh, cases bounced and we've seen appeals precluded right. because uh, one of the parties was not copied on the appeal mm -hmm. or some other really minutia, uh, really bureaucratic problem with these RB89 cover sheets. So they are, you know, our opinion, they're a landmine. We have attorneys check every one of them. Uh, let's talk a little bit about appealing final versus interlocutory decisions from the from the law judge's decision. Right. So essentially, when we go to a pre-hearing conference and the law judge makes a decision of whether or not they're allowing a witness to testify or not, at the pre-hearing conference, those decisions are not normally appealable because they're considered interlocutory. It's not a final determination, or at least it's not considered a final determination. After the trial and the judge actually makes a decision on the merits, at that point, we can file an appeal because those decisions are considered final. So usually we wait until the notice of decision comes out, usually after trial, and then we'll file the appeal to that decision. Yeah, it's extraordinarily frustrating. You know, the pre-hearing conference, and we're talking about denied cases that are going to have a pre-hearing conference to go right to expedited trial. And right. So many times the law judge will preclude one of our witnesses or say, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sorry, that medical's not in or out, and really, you know, has a great effect, huge effect on the case right. because now the trial is going to either going to go in incomplete or a witness has been precluded mm -hmm. and we can't appeal that. And right. those are really impactful uh, decisions that the law judge is making that we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, let's also talk a little bit about the tactical implications of this first level appeal. Right. So with the board panel um, appeals, it lasts about nine to 12 months before we get an actual decision, which is a lengthy amount of time, but it's kind of good in the sense that we can stay the benefits. We don't have to pay the claimant uh, workers' comp benefits during that time, indemnity benefits. And um, during that time, it kind of, that amount of time allows the claimant to come forward and negotiate with us with regard to settlement. It gives us about a nine to 12 month timeline to sell the case if we can. Right. And I mean, there's nothing that's going to bring another party to the table more than that stay because we're getting a stay on any indemnity benefits that we're right. disputing. Uh, it's our doctor saying they're ready for the Olympics. Their doctor <laughs> saying they're totally disabled. Right. And here's a chance for us to really uh, not pay them anything and mm -hmm. really sort of force them to come to that settlement uh, conversation with us. Right. All right. So let's move on to this next level of appeal. 
So if the board panel comes down and again, they affirm the law judge's decision, we're not happy with it, we can appeal to the full board or to the appellate division uh, or both. Um, usually with the full board, the decision comes out a little bit quicker. Mm -hmm. So if that mm -hmm. happens and it's in our favor, we can withdraw our appellate division appeal. Mm -hmm. um, if not, we can go to the appellate division. But of course, the requirements for the appellate division are much more strenuous than the, at the full board level. Mm -hmm. uh, the appellate division, you have to perfect a record and you have to agree with it with the attorney general and there's a lot of back and forth. And then once you can rest on the record with regard to all the documents that are going to be included, we file the brief and then it's, it's just a waiting game after that. Um, and of course, after the appellate division, if we're still unhappy with the decision, we can go to the court of appeals and um, file an appeal with them. We can only do that if there's a dissent at the appellate division level. Okay, and let's just talk really briefly. Let's go back one slide and just talk about the timelines for these. Right. Um, the appeal of the law judge, 30 days. Right. Then the board panel comes out, and if we don't like what the board panel is saying, 30 days. 30 days mm -hmm. both to file for a full board review mm -hmm. or to file for the appellate division or both at the same time. So both of these circumstances, you know, we're coming out, let's say we don't get a decision from the trial judge we're not happy with. Mm -hmm. We really got to get in touch with the client quickly um, right. and let that client know, hey, this didn't come out our way. We, we think we should appeal it. And then we're going to push back to the client and say, you got to give us an answer relatively soon because I like to get those appeals, get right. as much time as we possibly can to write a decent appeal because now we're under a gun. We got 30 days, a mm -hmm. little bit different um, in this second level of appeal because we have 30 days to file the full board appeal. And that means write it and file it. Mm -hmm. But to the appellate division, we're just really filing a notice of appeal. That's like a two pager right. uh, sort of just giving all the parties on notice hey, that we may quick, right. ultimately go to the appellate division. Mm -hmm. That's something that we could basically do in a day. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little difficult because you got to be in court. You actually have to go to a court and get it stamped, received. Right. So that's a challenge too. But generally speaking, the timeline is 30 days. Mm -hmm. And then uh, same thing for court of appeals when we move up there. Right. Okay. Uh, so let's talk a little bit. I mean, that's kind of a good overview of the system, the pathways, mm -hmm. the reasons, and the tactics. Let's really break this down and try to make it as practical as we can. Um, the purpose of this slide is to sort of give you an idea of which of these appeals give you a stay and which of them uh, cost more and how, how we sort of look at the uh, likelihood of prevailing. So I'm going to take the easy ones. That's kind of like <laughs> what I do. I take the easy one. The easy one is a first level appeal, and that's to the board panel. Um, now, there's no filing costs associated with a board panel appeal. And in fact, nothing that we ever file with the Workers' Comp Board are there any filing costs. So right. rel relatively inexpensive to file. Um, the, we do have to prepare the RB89, mm -hmm. but generally speaking in our office, we have a paralegal prepare that and the attorney just sort of approves it. So not a lot of attorney time spent on that, but our attorney time is spent writing the brief. So mm -hmm. when you're talking about the cost of appeal to, of the initial law judge's decision to the board panel, uh, really, you're talking about attorney hours. I think that's really the cost yeah. driver there. Um, and in our office, because every single trial that uh, we're involved in, we always file a summation brief, even though that may not always be required. We always file a summation brief. Mm -hmm. Usually, our attorney is able to take that summation brief that they've already filed with the court, sort of touch it up, mm -hmm. build on it, add some legal arguments, and we use that as our appeal brief. Um, now, the great part about the board panel appeal, that first level appeal, is we do get a stay on any indemnity benefit that we're disputing, which means we have this great opportunity to sort of get the settlement discussion going. Okay. Um, there's also one other tactical reason that we like to file board panel appeals, or we do file them, and that's where you, the client, <laughs> has failed to pay, uh, perhaps has failed to pay the 
uh, award on time within that 10-day window as required by the law. And we will sometimes file an appeal simply for the purpose of making sure you don't get penalized. Right. Now, what happens, though, is we can't do this all the time because uh, we have to certify that there's a good faith basis for the appeal, number one. But also, number two is we get whacked with a $300 penalty for filing a frivolous appeal. Right. So not this is sort of a, a Hail Mary option that we'll utilize when we absolutely have to. Don't the last resort. Good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, now I've done the easy one, the fun one. You do the hard one. All right, so um, the next two levels would be the board, the full board and the appellate division. And with the full board, again, just like with um, the first level, there's no filing fees associated with that, um, but it does not create a stay. So you have to start paying benefits at that time. Um, and the only costs associated are essentially writing the brief, the attorney hours, and that's, that's about it. Uh, there is also concurrent appeal that can be filed, which is at the appellate division level. And that is a little bit more costly and, of course, a little bit more time-consuming. It's about $5,000 just to file it, to bind it, um, and then you have the additional cost of the attorney hours associated with that. Right. Explain to everyone what we mean by, by bind it. So basically with the appellate division appeals, you have to go through everything in the board file, which is on e-case, and make a list of all those documents. And then you send it over to the attorney general's office and they review it. If they want to add things, they can. If they want to remove things from that list, they can. Essentially, both the parties have to agree on what's going to go into that proposed record list. And once both sides sign off on it, we print everything out and then we send it over for it to be bound. And this can end up being a very thick looking book. Yeah, hundreds of pages, of uh, sometimes thousands. Right. Right. And then um, we get it bound, and then we draft the brief, and that goes separately. But, right. you know, together we have to send it out. So when we're quoting that number in there, $5,000, we're really mm -hmm. talking about printer costs. Right. Not costs really to attorneys. That's really assembling the record, mm -hmm. printing it, binding it, getting Correct. it page numbered. And that's really not some. We actually use a vendor to do that. We actually recommend it. So that $5,000 is, is ran. It's not uh, – Exact, right? It could be a thousand dollars if it's a very cost. small record. Uh, but remember, all the transcripts are going to have to be bound, mm -hmm. all the medical records, any document that was introduced during the trial. So these things can can quickly get quite large. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, and we're left with Court of Appeals. That's the last place you could go, and there's no concurrent appeal that you could do with the Court of Appeals because, again, that's the furthest you could go in a case. We, the cost associated is very similar to the Third Department Appellate Division cases, and, um, I mean, we usually don't go as far as the Court of Appeals. It's right. very rare. Well, but. think about this. You, you, we're not going to be going uh, to the either the appellate division or the uh, Court of Appeals right. just for tactical reasons because you're not getting a stay, and your likelihood of getting an overturn is very low. Mm -hmm. You're really going there because you want to change the law, right. right? Or we're in an area of the law where the law is so gray, mm -hmm. uh, we think that it's valuable to spend some time, blood, and treasure to see if we can get the law either changed or clarified. And, mm -hmm. you know, those are really very strategic decisions rather than tactical. Right. Okay, well, that brings us pretty much to the end of our prepared remarks. We have some time at the end to answer some questions. Let's see if we have any. Now, we already said that this morning when we did this, we didn't see any questions. Let's see if we got any. 
I see zero questions right now. Okay, I think we've either ta- covered this topic so perfectly that there was absolutely no questions to be asked. I think that's what it is. <laughs> or it could be that it's President's Day and everybody's home. Uh, so we get that too. Okay, uh, feel free to email us any questions you have or, of course, you can call us. We're a little hesitant to give you actual specific advice in an right. appeals case that we're not handling, whether you or not you should appeal it, but we'll give you general advice. Oh, okay, wait, Sharon's saying I have a question. I have a question. All right, let's go in here. Let's take a look at what Sharon's got for us. Uh, wait, it just says I only have one question. <laughs> Maybe she's typing it in. Maybe she's typing it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, Sharon, you can uh, easily email it to us or give me a call uh, once you, you know, get it together over there. Uh, in, in the meantime, our topic next month will be penalties. Tatiana Redko of our office will be presenting that uh, topic. Uh, in the meantime, uh, thanks for attending. Oh, wait. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, wait. Sharon, she came in here. I got it. I got it. Here we go. Greg, do you send the PowerPoint? Yeah, we can absolutely send you the PowerPoint, uh, no problem. Uh, and if you didn't get the handout, uh, let me know as well. Uh, we do email the handout to everybody, but I know that some people within their teams share the registration links. So we can see that um, some people get the uh, registration, and it's like 40 people under right. one person's name because they've shared the registration link. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, we can get the handouts and we can get you the PowerPoints. That's absolutely not a problem on this topic or any other topic. Okay, uh, great. See you next month. Our topic next month will be uh, penalties. Tatiana will be um, teaching uh, that topic with me. We look forward to seeing you then. Have a great day, everybody. Happy President's Day.